0: Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Rugby Rabbi podcast. Hope you all had a wonderful Shabbos. My wife and I spent Shabbos down in Champaign at the University of Illinois in Urbana, Champaign. And we stayed at the Jet House. Jet purchased a building a number of years ago. And we hadn't been down for a Shabbos for a a long time. So we decided to go down and spend a Shabbos there. We had a chalebek on Thursday night. few students came over, and then we had students for all three of the meals, and it was really fun to be down there, and uh, it was always, it's an inspiration to myself and my wife to see students down there who are keeping Shabbos uh, and helping each other out in an environment that's not so conducive for keeping Shabbos. Fortunately, uh, thanks to uh, the JLIC couple down there who helped put up an A-Roof. There's an A-Roof now down in Champaign. Uh, there's also kosher food uh, quite readily available at the uh, Hillel. There's actually a restaurant uh, where students can get kosher food. There's a, a scholarship a, a scholarship uh, set up called the Hiri Scholarship that encourages students and pays them to come to services to Minch and Mayrev in the evening. So there's a a, a nice minyan and there's a minyan at Chabad and at Hillel on Shabbos Day. But it's really, really nice to have students. uh, You know, we've been hosting students uh, for Shabbos in our house here in West Rogers Park uh, for many months now, uh, since things have opened up more in West Rogers Park. But uh, it was so nice to go down and have students that we haven't had for Shabbos at our Shabbos table. And there was a lot of uh, discussion, lots of good you know, food and singing. And I wanted to share with you uh, some of the thoughts I shared with them and also talk a little bit about Lugba Omra that's coming up this Friday, Thursday night and Friday. And it's a fun holiday, I remember, when I lived in Israel, Lag was a lot of fun. There were bonfires all over the city, obviously the big, big bonfires up in Moron near Svat. And I think this year it's going to be open again because Israel has opened up. Uh, but Lag B'Omer is uh, a celebration uh, for two reasons. One is it's the site of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, uh, who's who's buried in Moron. And he brought uh, a lot of the deeper mystical wisdom into the world, so we celebrate that. But uh, the Talmud also says that the reason why we celebrate on, on Lagba Omer is because uh, we have uh, had just come out of a mourning period, a period of time from just uh, after the first day of Pesach until Lag Boomer is a period of time when the students of Rabbi Akiva died. The famous Rabbi Akiva uh, who uh, was the leading rabbi at the time. All 24,000 of his students died during this period of time and they stopped dying on Lag Boomer. And... Uh, the rabbi said that the reason why they all died was because they did not respect each other. Uh, So uh, there's a couple of questions that you can ask about this. Uh, The one that is the most obvious to ask is uh, how could it be that the students of Rabbi Akiva did not respect each other when he was famous uh, for... Uh, teaching his students how to respect each other. Uh, in fact, uh, he said, This is a famous rule in the Torah. You shall love your neighbor like yourself. I'll come back to that in a minute. But I also wanted to uh, ask another question that I just saw recently in a sefer, in a, a book written by Rabbi Rucham olshan who is the Rosh Hashanah in Lakewood he's written uh, extensively uh, on all the, the chagim all the holidays and on his section on Sfiris omer on the counting of the omer he asks the question that the pre-Chadash asks that why is it that we have a simcha a celebration when the students of rabbi kiva died uh, after all there were no students left after that all these students had died Uh, that shouldn't be a cause for celebration. It should be a cause for mourning that all the students had died. So he answers that uh, really the Simcha was not only because the students stopped dying, but because Rabbi Akiva found five new students and started teaching them uh, the Torah again. And through those five students, the Torah uh, regenerated and was passed down to the generations. And as We come up to the holiday of Shavuot, of Shavuos, in a few weeks' time, which we celebrate the giving of the Torah. It's an important lesson to learn and appreciate those great rabbis throughout the generations uh, who have sacrificed so much, many times, their own lives, including Rabbi Akiva, who died at the hands of the Romans for teaching Torah, uh, that have passed the Torah down over the generations. And Rabbi Yeruchim is a Rosh Yeshiva in Lakewood, <coughs> the biggest Yeshiva in the world. Thousands and thousands of students learning Torah with great diligence to pass that on through the generations. Rabbi Yeruchim uh, mentions that it's quite interesting that Lagba Omer always falls out on the same day as Purim. You know, we had a very interesting Purim this year because it came out on a Thursday night and a Friday, so it went into Shabbos. Well, the same is with Lagba Omer this week. Uh, Lagba Omer starts on Thursday night, goes into Friday. So the celebration of Lagba Omer goes into Shabbos. And Yerukim explains the connection between the two. Whenever something like that happens, there must be a reason. And he explains that... uh, Purim is actually a day. Besides all the uh, the celebration that we have for being saved uh, from the hands of Haman, uh, and and uh, that's a great great simcha. But there was an additional dimension on Purim. Uh, the rabbis say that we reaccepted the Torah on Purim. There's a whole discussion, not for now, uh, but. In short, on Shavuot, even though we accepted the Torah, the Talmud says it. We accepted it. We were forced to accept it. God, so to speak, held a mountain over our heads, forced us to accept it. But later Purim time, we accepted it with Simcha. Uh, the words in the in the Megillah, Kimuva Kiblu, we reaccepted the Torah. The rabbis say. What was the special reacceptance they did on Purim? So one explanation is that on Shavuot they accepted the written Torah and on Purim they accepted the oral Torah. You know, we have the written Torah, five books of Moses, but we also have all the oral Torah, the, the Torah that was not written down by Moshe and by Moses, and was passed down over the centuries and later written down in the Talmud, and that's what uh, those thousands of students uh, in Lakewood, at BMG, and in yeshivas all over the world studied. They mostly study the Talmud, that oral Torah that was passed down. And that was what was accepted. That's what the Jews do not accept uh, on uh, Shavuot, but they accepted it on Purim. And so too, Rabbi Yorchim brings sources that the reason that the rabbi that the students of Rabbi Akiva died, they didn't respect each other, was they did not respect the authority of the the rabbis and the tradition that was passed down. The what's called the Masorah. And because they did not respect each other as being the transmitters of the Torah, they were not worthy of transmitting it, and so they all had to die, and that's why the big simcha is that uh, Rabbi Kiba was able to find five other students and re-establish that that connection. And that's just one thing to you know to think about as we come closer to Shavuot. Is how important it is to respect and honor our rabbis who uh, toil in Torah, but also ensure that that Torah has passed down through the generations. But I want to just uh, focus on one or two other ideas uh, connected to not respecting one another. You know, I mentioned that it's a question why uh, the students do not respect each other when One of the famous rules that Rabbi Akiva taught his students was "Vahafdelareicha kamorcha, You shall love your neighbor like yourself. Now, turns out that "Vahafdelareicha kamorcha, love your neighbor like yourself, is a verse in last week's Torah portion we just read yesterday in the in The famous verse, probably the most famous verse in the Torah. Unfortunately, many Jews don't realize that it is in in the Torah. They they think that it is in the New Testament because it's so uh, emphasized by the Christians, but it's really in in the Chumash, in the in the book of you know Vayikra, in the Parish of Kedoshim. And uh, Rabbi or Rabbi David Hofstede, in his book Dorish David, explains uh, a very very interesting idea. He says we all know. And the greater a person is, the greater his Yetzirah horror is, his evil inclination. And so a person can work on himself and become a really, really good person, but he will always be challenged. He can never be complacent because the Yetzirah horror grows with him and will always present greater and greater challenges to him. Now, that's a good thing. Hashem created the Yetzirah horror to help us grow. When we have a resistance and we fight against the Yetzirah horror, then we grow as people. Uh, so Rabbi Hosheda says the same thing. The same thing with mitzvahs. That if a person works very hard on a particular mitzvah, then the Yetzirah works even harder against him. And so Rabbi Akiva's students, who worked very hard on behalf of because that's what their rabbi told, taught them, the Yetzirah worked even harder to get them to stumble. And unfortunately, they did stumble. Uh, how they stumbled exactly, there's different interpretations. We heard just one from Rav Yeruchim uh, But the lesson for us is that we can't be complacent when, uh, when we are good at one particular mitzvah. You know, uh, some of us uh, might like one particular mitzvah and we take real care about it. Others might like another mitzvah and we take great care and we do all the details in that mitzvah, we should realize that we can't be complacent because the Yetzirah is going to attack us exactly in that particular mitzvah, and we shouldn't be disappointed when we stumble in that area and think, well, how could we have stumbled when we were so careful? But that's exactly what the Yetzirah is trying to do. Um, And there is an idea that we should select one mitzvah and really become good at it. Uh, and so the of by taking this, is helping us grow even better and better in it as well. But I also want to share another idea that I saw uh, in a piece by Rabbi Emanuel Bernstein, who has a great website called Dimensions in Torah and has beautiful Torah pieces every week. He goes through the whole mitzvah of Haftel uh, Areche Kamocha. Some of the questions uh, that we all ask, how could anyone... Be commanded, how could we be commanded to love someone like ourselves? It's it's impossible, really, in practical terms, and not something uh, that God would have asked us to do and commanded us to is to love someone else, not just our family and our friends, but anyone, uh, our fellow Jew, exactly like ourselves. So he goes on to explain, bringing the Rambam, Maimonides, and Ramban, Nachmanides, and really the Torah is. Uh, requiring us to do to others that we would like them to do to us or not do to others things that we don't want other people to do to us. So uh, we should praise them, we should say nice things about them, we should help them. And then he ends off his speech by saying that uh, although this was a great lesson that Rabbi Kiva taught his students, uh, there's a, a uh, the teaching that he heard from his father, this is Rabbi Bernstein saying this, that when Rabbi Kiva said, Zeh klal Gadol this is a great rule in the Torah, it remained in the Torah, it did not come out in practice. The, the students felt that it was such a great thing, loving your neighbor like yourself, that it was only reserved for great things uh, when... Uh, uh, they waited for a great circumstance or great situation which would warrant its application. And uh, maybe for saving someone's life or organizing uh, means of livelihood for someone, that's a great thing for them to love their neighbor like themselves. But small considerations and courtesies on an everyday basis, greeting someone with a, a smile, validating and noticing their cares, offering a sympathetic ear, those things they didn't take care of and they didn't respect each other and that was where they they stumbled. So that's a lesson for us all as we come closer to Torah, giving the Torah on on Shavuot, that we should uh, work on this area of our lives and look for opportunities every day to do small things for each other Show our love and care for others uh, and respect for, for one another. Rabbi Yaakov Asher Sinclair, who, uh, if you go to uh, the H.com website or the or, edu, he has a fantastic series of videos on each month. And on the month of ER, he gives a suggestion on how to learn to respect people. He says, find something, find one thing a day. Uh, where you see somebody do something nice. It doesn't have to be to you necessarily. You could see somebody walking down there, pick up some garbage and throw it into a dumpster or, or uh, uh, somebody uh, drops something, uh, picks it up and gives it to, to someone. Uh, just something small. When you start seeing that people are nice, uh, then you start respecting them. And so I want to wish you all a a good week, a a week of opportunities to uh, notice the good things that people do and to try to become better ourselves as we take one step each day closer and closer to the giving of the Torah. And I wish you all a very happy and meaningful Lugbomber and looking forward to our next podcast. Take care.